It's another edition of the Deep Slant Podcast. I'm your host, DP Sidhu, and joining me today, John Schriever, Senior Vice President of Ticketing and Event Management for the Houston Texans. We're talking about 2018 tickets, what's new in the ticketing world, what's the sweet life like, and is there a trick to purchasing high-demand tickets for concerts, games, and whatnot? John is the expert, so I've invited him in here. John, welcome to the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. It's great to be here. And you've actually never been in here before, which I was surprised I, because you work in the building. I'd never been in this studio before. It's a nice place. <laughs> it's pretty nice. You should come down more often. I yeah, guess Mark really. Vandermeer has not invited you uh, to do a, a Texans All Access show. Not yet, no. Not yet. All right. If you're listening, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, TuneIn, or Stitcher. And please leave a review. John, with the NFL schedule release, inevitably, conversation turns to tickets and ticketing. So I know that... It's not something that happens right away, but it's certainly something that you've been working on. And there are a few changes, right, coming up for the 2018 ticketing and how that's going to work for consumers. Yeah, the biggest change we're going to have this year is um, if fans, a season ticket holder can't go to a game and he wants to send his tickets to somebody else. In the past, when they would just email them the tickets, it would come in the form of a PDF, a file that they would just print, and the person would bring that to the game. Uh this year, we're going to ha- kind of go away from the PDF where you can still send some of their tickets, but it would show up on their phone, and they would just use their phone. It's probably a little more convenient, and also it does kind of cut down on some fraud that we've had in the past where the PDFs get recreated and more than one set shows up. So where it's on somebody's phone, that is that uh, possibility is eliminated. You know, and I didn't even know that you could do it PDF. I thought you physically had to hand your tickets to somebody if you couldn't go to the game. Now, actually, Were a lot of people using that? Yeah, actually, probably about 20% of the people that come to the games had a printed home type ticket. So those folks now, it'll be on their their cell phone. So when I go to the Rockets or the Astros game, uh, like the Rockets game, for instance, it's on your phone, and when you go there, they print out the tickets. How far is the NFL from getting to a system like that, or is it more complicated? Well, some actually, there are a few NFL teams that all their tickets are already will, electronic. Be, will be all on their phone, or some teams actually use like a card, so you'd have a season ticket card and you use that each game um we're not quite there yet we're we like the model where we send somebody their tickets and they have a hard ticket that they can use or if they decide they want to send it somebody else they can now do it it'll be go up go to their phone so when when teams decide that oh, we want to go electronic versus paper that's really up to you not the league to decide how to do that, that that's up to the team so okay. i think there right now there's i think five four or five teams that where they are all uh, digital. So when you, l- you you like to deliver the tickets, and pr- doesn't it isn't that so much work to put those books together with the tickets? And the nah, not really. Actually, I Mailing. like that. I like that part. I think people get pretty excited about when they we send them out. And, uh, our it is a big orders. deal. Yeah, and we send them out by FedEx, and they get a package and there's a gift with them. I think people kind of look forward to that. It's kind of like Christmas in July. We send them out in July. That's so. true. Actually, my ten year old when we get the the book of tickets. That's his deal. He likes to uh, per- tear them on the perforations yep. and then line them up for each game with the parking pass. And, I mean, it always makes me nervous to have a 10-year-old doing it, but he's very <laughs> he, he's very meticulous in how he does it. He probably does a better job than I do. Well, as long as he's detail-oriented. He's, okay. He is very detail-oriented, and he really organizes them well. All right, uh, the big story with the Texans and the tickets, the sellouts. 163 consecutive games sold out at NRG Stadium. There's a wait list. And I, I read in a press release the – the wait list for people wanting to purchase season tickets is at 20, 26,000 people. It's actually 28 now. Is that 28 now? Right. Okay, that was a few months ago. And so we continue. That's um, And you still want to get people on this priority wait list. We do. And Why so, is that? Well, one thing is um, 
you know, they get their place in line every year. So if you sign up for our wait list, you have to uh, each year re-sign up again after, right before the next season. And so, um, so you keep your place in line. That's it's that's important that we have current data for everybody. So we can we send somebody every month. If you're on the wait list, you get an email. Uh, just to let you know what's going on. Texans World. Also, there's usually some type of offer from our sponsors to folks that are specifically on the wait list. It's just a way to be engaged with the team. Also, if we do have other events in the stadium, things like the Texas Bowl or the uh, the kickoff game that we have in, uh, to start the NFL season, the college, college kickoff game. Like this year, it's going to be uh, Ole Miss and Texas Tech. You get early opportunities for things like that, too. And you do get uh, – also, we invite – people on the wait list to the draft day party. When we have training camp here, they get an opportunity for that, a day just for them. So it's um, it's a great thing to be part of, and also you're connected to the Texans year-round. So when you say that it starts all over again, that means all 28,000 people, that goes to zero, and then you start no, it all over zero. again? No, they keep their spot, but they do have to re-register. Oh, so they if, to if re-register. they decide not to re-register, you know, people do move up each year. This, that's got to be one of the biggest wait lists in the NFL. Or do you think there's another team? Um, I mean, I know you always hear stories about Green Bay is so long. and um, Like years and years long, that's true. We do make sure ours is current. So we don't have, you know, some teams had lists that were 80,000 long, but some of the people they hadn't talked to in years. We, we make sure that these people are engaged with us year-round. Something else new with ticketing, we're talking to John Schriever, uh, Senior Vice President of Ticketing and, and Event Management here at the Texans. We talk about the Lux Suites. That's something new. I've been seeing some ads on Facebook for it. I've been seeing stuff on the website about it. That's basically the suites, but it's like a souped-up experience, right? What's, well, what it what's means the is difference Lux, Lux means, look, we, you know, our game day experience is great in our suites. We, it's you know, world-class as far as the food offerings and the service and just the, the suite experience itself. But owning a Texan Suites, that's not, it's not just those 10 days. The idea is that throughout the year, if you're a suite holder, you do have options to go to different events that we hold just for suite holders. We had one last week where we and uh, Bill O'Brien sat down with some of our suite holders and talked to them. Just kind of gave them a little insight into the team. Um, they go on road trips. We're, we uh, have taken people to, uh, to West Virginia for training camp. So we do... And also, it's an opportunity for those folks to do a little networking, too. So it's a Texan suite holder. It's not just 10 game days. It's it's a year-round engagement with the team and hopefully opportunity to meet some other people in, in the same line of work and hopefully help your business. That's true because you've got all these companies, and some of them, being in Houston, obviously, a lot of them have a lot of crossover. So do you have people from one suite sort of interacting with another? Because I do see when we go on these trips to different games, you've got a lot of these people there's there's a section of the plane sort of reserved for them yeah there is and so um but there are typically some industries obviously the like oil, energy sector yeah, energy. there's a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of folks in in that and a lot of them do know each other just through doing business or some of them it's their competitors or they they you know we, uh they may actually have same similar customers too that uh they're, they're going after so as I said, I mean, really the goal is that this is a year-long thing. And, they're again, they're connected to us throughout the year, and we try and do special things for them throughout the year. So it's not just our, our game days. Are the suites going to look different this year too? We're doing some renovations to it. We're still kind of working on that. Uh, there's some uh, – some just some of the decor in there is going to be changed, so it's not, it's not completely baked yet. 
Oh, we're still working we're still on working it. On okay. It. What about you during the games? Do you get to? Do you? Where are you at? Do you get to go into the suites? Do you get to just walk around the stadium? What are you doing? No. I'm not saying that you're not doing anything. <laughs> I'm just curious. Well, I don't watch the game. That's one thing I don't <laughs> do. Um, no, because I oversee a lot of different things. Yeah. You know, uh, from parking to security to facilities, uh, ticketing suites. So it depends on what time of the day it is. Was where I am. I'm really just kind of going around stay and make sure everything's going the way it's supposed to. And you've been with the Texans since 2002. So what's the biggest challenge on game day from your perspective? Every Like for just a regular game. There's a lot of challenges. You know, parking 26,000 cars is interesting. And I think uh, our parking is relatively smooth compared to some other events. Well, yeah, I mean. But, but I think it's because a, but there's a lot, you know, it's a we, work in progress. Well, it's, it's, um, it's very organic. It's always changing. And so um, – but we focus real hard on trying to make sure we get folks in, uh, get parked in an efficient manner. A lot of folks like to get here early and tailgate. We we encourage that. Uh, it does make it a little bit easier on the on the inn as people are coming to the stadium. Uh, and then it's challenging getting those twenty six thousand cars off of the property too, as people are headed back to their house. So that's a big challenge getting everybody through the security measures as they go through the uh, security screening. That's that's tricky sometimes. Uh, and then just put on a great game day. You know, the concession part of it's important. And then the the game day experience of what we do for pregame and halftime. You know, we put a lot of work into all this to make sure it's a, that those four hours as folks are here, they have a big time. A lot of people think it's a well-oiled machine probably because you've done it for so many years. But I, I have to sit back and think about last year, and I'm sure you do too, Hurricane Harvey – that week or two weeks uh, with ticketing, because we, we know what happened in the city with the games. First, we were in New Orleans. We went to Dallas. The game was going to be played in Dallas. Then the game got canceled. And then at the same time, you had a bowl game that you were working on, too. Yeah. Not, that was, or a college game, I should say. Right. We So that was a challenge in that uh, we had to cancel the game that we we're going to play here against the Cowboys that Thursday. It was August 30th. And then um, – we were supposed to play LSU and BYU here, too, just two days later. And so both those games got canceled, uh, which was interesting. And then the Cowboys, we were going to move the game to, to Arlington that Thursday. They sold something like 50,000 tickets, and then that game got canceled uh, because the team came back to Houston. We, and it got canceled like the day before, day like before. Day before less than 24, yeah, maybe was, around 24 hours. Yep. Oh no, it was it was yeah, it was about it was right around. Yeah. So um yeah, that was challenging. But then we had to reset we moved the game LSU BYU game to New Orleans. So we had to move that game there, manage that process, and then actually go to New Orleans and put the game on in the Superdome. So I think a lot of people don't realize that just because the game didn't take place here doesn't mean you weren't still in charge of the game. It's not like you could hand over a game that you've worked on for about a year in the making over to New Orleans and have them run it. You had to take your entire game day program. And you're, like, rubbing your head yeah, because it was, it, does it, it still a, give you a headache to think about it? That was a long that was a long week. Uh, and, and In the I midst was, of Harvey still happening. Right. I was like everybody else. I did all this from my kitchen table because we couldn't come, couldn't come in. And so uh, and that, I guess it was that Thursday we went to New Orleans, and it wasn't very easy to travel then either because you couldn't drive there, and the, the airport wasn't. In Houston wasn't the roads were only time. about half open because we came back from Dallas that Wednesday 
the day before that preseason game was supposed to take Wednesday or Thursday. Well, we actually had Wednesday. to to get to New Orleans. We actually had to drive to Austin, fly to Atlanta, and then fly to New Orleans. You flew from Atlanta to New Orleans. Well, yeah, that that was drove, actually drove, flew. Yeah. Okay. It was a uh, it was an interesting day. Yeah, interesting is one way to put it. If you had to put a guess on how many tickets you issued and reissued, do you know? Um, I think we because you had to refund tickets too, right? You had to refund the preseason game. Yeah, so we we had to refund that that game twice because we refunded seventy thousand tickets. The Cowboys refunded fifty. And we had about 60000 for the LSU-BYU game. So we refunded it was 180000 tickets. And then we sold that week about 110000 because the Cowboys sold fifty and then turned around and re- refunded them right. right away. And then we sold uh, roughly fifty for the uh, fifty five I think, is what, for the LSU-BYU game. Have you ever seen anything like that? I know you no, don't work with the Rangers. It, yeah. and, and I don't like, want to see that again. You, no, no, nobody <laughs> does. But I, I just find it fascinating that you had to – your turnaround was so quick. In that because I remember that week, the game it was just sort of up in the air. I, I mean, I thought for sure they would play the game in Dallas because there was a lot of talk about canceling it. But right. then it seemed like it sort of the decision was made once the, the ball once people realized how serious things were in Texas, then it got canceled. Right, and so um, yeah, that was that was hard on the Cowboys folks too because they're at that point they were doing that they they were going to they had to take on the game. So they had they're the ones that sold all the tickets and they had to turn around and give all the money back. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't want to do that again. That wasn't much fun. <laughs> I don't blame you. We're talking to John Schriever, Senior Vice President of Ticketing and Event Management for the Texans. John, you also do some work with some of the concerts that pass through here at NRG Stadium, and I think there's a couple big ones coming up this year. Uh, Taylor Swift and then Beyonce, Jay-Z. How involved are you in the ticketing process for those? We don't do – we do some of it, and we we assist some with the uh, with SMG, which is a company that runs NRG uh, Stadium. They – um. Yeah, there's two shows. Beyonce's got two shows in. And then she uh, added a second one. Yes, it's February. I don't know it's um, September. September 15th and 16th, and then right. Taylor Swift is here on the 29th of September. So, um, yeah, the concert business is a little different. It's uh, you kind of the promoter is the one that really decides how things are going to be done, how things are going to be priced, how how uh, you know, when things will go on sale. Just they pretty much drive the bus. So we've kind of worked with SMG some on this, and then obviously the promoters one at the end has a final decision. So I was having this debate with a friend of mine on how tickets for concerts are priced because I feel like it's changing, especially like if you take the Jay-Z, Beyonce show, or even Justin Timberlake. There's so many shows where they have one concert date and then a second show gets added. How do they, how do they determine the price? Because when you think it's just one show, I would – imagine your supply demand curve is very different from now you've got two shows that people can choose from yeah and so they go in it depends it depends on the promoter but um you obviously if you have two you think you could do two shows you may price it one way and then adjust it as you as you see there's going to be a second show and then actually after tickets go on sale a lot of times on concerts they dynamically priced, meaning they change they move it up, as they don't go, they? Right. similar to like an airlines. So if the demand sp- spikes, the price may follow that. So um, this is something that's really changed a lot in the last probably 10 years, but um, it's not It's not like we say, okay, this ticket's going to be 75 bucks, and 75 bucks till the show comes on. Now that ticket may have four or five different prices over the course of the uh, the months leading up to the event. I feel like I always suspected that it was like airline pricing because I have a lot of experience in purchasing concert tickets, 
And this Jay-Z Beyonce, obviously it's during the season, so I'm not going to go. But I had a friend of mine who tried to buy them the first day. She said the same seat was noticeably more expensive for Saturday. Uh, so she didn't buy them. And then when the Sunday show went on sale, same seat was cheaper. And I said, I think it's, I think you probably got in to the gate a little bit late for, for the first show. And the second show, it's like airline pricing, right? Like there's the cheaper seats. Once those sell out, then the next level of seats is, it, it could be coach, but it's still a little bit more expensive and so on and so forth. Right. And so that, again, that goes back to how the promoter wants to do it. Is it always like that? Um, it depends on the event. So, you know, some, some shows that aren't as big or smaller venues may, it may not be fluctuate as much. Um, it really depends on its demand. It's all demand driven. So if, uh, the second show, there may be more inventory available. So those tickets may be a little less expensive than they were for the, for the first show. Um, but they follow it really, again, this is something that's really changed a lot in the last 10 years that they follow it closely and really follow the demand. So if you're buying tickets, like you, John Shriver, are buying tickets for a show, what like what's the best time to get it? If it was a, a show, like a Taylor Swift sort of a show, like high demand. Well, shows like Taylor Swift, and there's not many like that, but that show sold you know almost like all the tickets right away. And so they're, um, you, you got to get in early. You got to be know, the first yeah, one in line, that, right? That's, yeah, that's that's not a bad thing. You want to be there. <laughs> I don't know how you early. do. I had so many people text me on that day asking what some passcode or something was. I guess you had to have something to even be in that priority list. The Taylor Swift show was different. It was it where was you very actually unique. had to register first before you could buy, and then they sent you a code. They sent you, you a code, yeah. right? Okay. But I think the codes were unique too. That was a very different show uh, with how they did it. But I think they actually would send you a text with what the passcode was and what time you could buy. Yeah, because people think if we work in the building, we have access to these tickets, and it's yeah, completely, I didn't have those. completely no. separate. I didn't, actually didn't have any access to buying any Taylor Swift <laughs> You didn't get any so. Taylor Swift tickets. So then what about the day of the show? Then do they just drop the prices if there's tickets available? I mean, I know you, there's always aftermarket, but there's, what about through the venue? Well, if it's a good show, there's not much to sell. You know, that's the – and like Taylor Swift, if you walk to the box house day of the, the event, there's probably not any tickets. If there are, there's very, there's like very, a single, very few. Singles very, very or, few. Yeah. Um, they Again, it's up to the promoter how they want to do it, but – I don't think they have fire sales the day of. They probably keep it at a certain level to maintain the kind of integrity of the pricing. So people don't wait to do that every single time. I do have friends that do that, by the way. So (laughs) there are people that are onto that scam. Uh, All right, John, thank you so much. You actually have a a, a big event coming up next week, the draft party. It's a little bit different this year, not having the first round pick. So things dynamic as well with the draft party, right? So the draft party, you know, we don't have a pick on Thursday. So we do have three picks on the second day. So we've moved the party to that Friday. It's going to be here at, uh, here at Energy. Uh, it's from 6 to 10, and uh, it'll be very similar to kind of the setup in the past. Texans Radio will be have a stage there. Folks can uh, – it's usually pretty hopping around that when we're making our pick. People are pretty excited about that. But we have some players out here where folks can get their pictures taken with them. Some current NFL, uh, current Texans players. Uh, we announced the the cheer squad for 2018, and they actually do a performance. 
and there's a lot of just interactives uh, throughout. It's all done on the the main concourse of the stadium. And tickets are still available for the draft party. Actually, we we've uh, they've all been claimed at this point. They've all it been. It was claimed. a free event, but the tickets you actually had to get them in advance, and we've distributed them all. Okay, but you can still get on that 2018 season ticket priority wait list, which we, gets you invited to a lot of these things. That's right. Okay. And to join the priority wait list? It's at HoustonTexans.com. If you, actually, if you go to the ticket page, there's a, a banner there. You click on that and uh, sign up. And then, like I said, you will be talking to you throughout the course of the year. All right, great stuff. John Schriever, Senior Vice President of Ticketing and Event Management for the Houston Texans, your guide and my guide for all ticketing. Frequently asked questions. John, thanks so much for the time. Appreciate uh, your time. That's another edition of the Deep Slam Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. And be sure to subscribe on iTunes, TuneIn, or Stitcher and leave review. Thanks for listening, and go Texans.